Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today to 42 Weeks. Welcome. We're covering our last prayer component, the provision from prayer. But before we jump in, let me just clarify the power of intercessory prayer, which I've spoken about in a previous episode. I believe in it and the power of it, but can I share with you just a few caveats we need to ensure we don't do when we intercede in prayer on the behalf of another? It's what I call the three P's for prayer that I've determined should not be enveloped in your reasons to pray for someone else. They are persist, publish, and project. Now, these can be predicated upon a personal relationship with another person or not. I would surmise that it depends on the individual who is asking for prayer. The first one, persist, is something that has literally grieved me when I hear the question posed after someone has asked for prayer. The response is, why? What's wrong? Listen, when someone asks you to pray for them, your answer is to pray and nothing else. It's not your job, nor is it your business to ask why. The only ambiguous question should be, do you need me to pray now or when I have my daily prayer time later? Now, I speak from experience in that regard. I've been asked to pray for someone and didn't realize they meant right at that moment. And when I knew that's what they needed, That's what I did. The Bible says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. So when someone has asked me, no, Tori, right now, I need you to pray right now. My response has been, oh, okay, let's get after it. I don't need to know what's going on unless you want to share. I can pray God's will in your life. He already knows. I've actually heard a response to a prayer request. What am I praying for? Wait, what? Well, I need to know what I'm asking God for on your behalf. Huh? Since when? You don't need to know the specifics. Just pray. That's what you've been called to do. God already knows. So why do you need to? That's what I call nosy nipping. N-I-P-P-I-N. It truly disturbs me when I hear a Christ follower answer this way. Can you do anything about the circumstance other than pray? No. Can you heal someone? No. When someone says, pray for a family member of mine, they're sick. Oh, what disease do they have? What's making them sick? What? You don't need to know the disease. Just pray for healing that God's will would be done. Can you provide an occupation for someone? No, no, no. Your persistence is not purposeful, nor is it productive. Now, if that individual desires for you to know the situation, they're comfortable enough with you to share, then that's different. That's phenomenal. I think as Christ followers, we should exemplify the testimony that we can be trusted, that we've lived a life, that someone sees a dedication to God's word, a discreet demeanor, but only if they desire to share on their own, not because you persisted in your asking. Now, let's say someone does confide in you. It's not your duty to publish it. That's my second P. Don't do that. Don't get on the phone and tell somebody what someone has shared with you in a private moment. That's publishing. I grew up in a church where we'd have midweek Wednesday prayer and Bible study. It was called corporate prayer, which consisted of prayer and hymns at the top of the hour. And then after about a half an hour, 45 minutes later, we'd have a Bible study or a testimonial period. I can't tell you how many times I heard people praying for other families in the prayer portion of the evening and would publish that family's personal business. Prayers like this. Now, God, you know, Sally's husband left her with four children. Or, Lord, I pray for Kathy's son. You know, he's in jail. 
Or, Heavenly Father, please strengthen Cindy. You know she's raising her grandchildren because their mother's on drugs. Or, God, please help Mary see how crazy her husband is. He's an alcoholic and you know he abuses her daily. Oh my God, really? Yes, he knows all of that. And thanks to you, everyone at this prayer meeting knows too. I would literally sit in those types of meetings, those ooh, those prayer meetings. And people around would open their eyes and look at the person like, are you for real? Are you really praying like that? What someone has confided in you, you've chosen to publish it. And for what reason? What exactly do you gain from exposing someone else's frailty? The fact that you were privy to the knowledge? That's not intercessory prayer. That's a form of gossip under the auspices of prayer. And finally, the last P, project, which is spelled like project, but pronounced differently. When someone asks you to pray for a particular concern and you decide you're going to project your own dose of due diligence to the narrative, I wouldn't put up with that if I were you. I'd tell them a thing or two. Well, I didn't ask you what you thought. I didn't ask you for your advice. I asked you to pray and that's all. It is true that God puts people in our lives to love us, carry us, strengthen us. But he also provides us with a heart of discernment to know who we can talk to, who we can trust. And we do a disservice to a person when God has placed you on the heart of someone else to ask for prayer and you dismiss their trust by telling them your thoughts. Not good and God will not honor such behavior. What I love is when someone asks me, how can I pray for you, Tori? What's your request? And if I've seen how God uses you for his glory, and I'm confident that you've lived an exemplary life, that when I ask you to pray for me and you seek God's face on behalf of me in my endeavor concerning what involves me, then and only then will I be willing to share. Otherwise, it's always your choice to decline. Listen, we all should have that someone who generally can go to and ask prayer. We can go to them and say, hey, will you pray for me? And if you don't have someone, that special someone, ask God. He will provide that. We should all be living a life that someone can see our testament and feel secure and asking for prayer and knowing it will stay with that person. That's intercessory prayer. Now, let's jump right on into, I'm so sorry that took longer than I wanted it to. We're going to jump right into our last component. Today, I'll be reading from the King James Version, what my father termed as the Old King James. I grew up with this version, and although I refer to several translations in my own personal devotional time, I still love the Old King James. Again, we'll be reading from the New Testament, as we did yesterday, our first scripture from Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Then let's go over to verse 11, same chapter. It reads, give us this day our daily bread. And then over to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And finally, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Do you have needs that aren't met? 
How many of y'all said no? <laughs> I hear you. If the truth were told, many people can attest to the fact that we do have needs that are not met. But most of us don't ask why. There are no questions that we can ask that God has not answered in his word. James chapter 4 verse 2 supplies the answer. I'll be reading from the easy read version. You want things, but you don't get them. So you kill and are jealous of others. But you still cannot get what you want. So you argue and fight. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God. Or when you ask, you don't receive anything because the reason you ask is wrong. You only want it to use it for your own pleasure. That's what I discussed a few days back about praying to miss what my baby boy used to do about praying for cake at dinner instead of dinner. <laughs> wrong. You ask wrong. I'll take wrong answers for 500. If I was a contestant on Jeopardy, that's what I would ask. <laughs> but watch this. Sometimes the Bible can take on quite a paradoxical rendering. Yes, the absurdity of a certainty. But in reality, it becomes truth. Noah and the ark. Can you imagine how absurd he must have looked building an ark in the middle of a no rain season? It hadn't rained in forever. And here comes Noah's friends telling him what a nut job he is for building this monstrosity of a boat right smack in the middle of their neighborhood. And then what happened? You already know. Personally, when I saw all those animals coming two by two, that would have been enough for me to know something was fixing to jump off. Check out Abraham, who was told by God to get himself together, saddle up, and get to Moriah to sacrifice his son Isaac. Wait a minute. The son you promised me in my old age? The one Sarah and I waited so long for? Now you want me to kill him? And what happened? You already know. Absurdity. Reality. Truth. That both shows up in both of those examples. For Noah's narrative, the rains came. And for Abraham, a ram was provided. Isn't it interesting that Jesus introduced prayer to the believer by telling us that God already knows what we need before we even ask? It's right out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. So when we pray, we should follow a specific guideline, which is found in the subsequent, excuse me, subsequent verses, which is inclusive of his will. Again, we can ask. Paradox right there. But the truth is, it must agree with what God wants for us as well. It must be within his will. Provisional prayer can be expressed twofold as a personal petition or intercessory. We just talked about intercessory not too long ago, just a few seconds ago. Personal petitions are the requests that each believer makes for their own needs. And intercessory praying is for others and how we should do that. In our personal petitions, we should be fervent and pray for our needs one day at a time, using the privilege to ask our Heavenly Father for whatever we need. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. The Easy Read translation says, give us the food we need for today. And we've all been taught that, yes, as believers, we know that tomorrow is not promised. And that's why God's word constantly reminds us that we should say if it's God's will. Mommy would often say, see you next week if the good Lord says the same or if God wills it so. 
all those phrases spoke to the obvious conclusion that we have no control of the next day's activities or meals. We must work within the confines of the day that's right in front of us and ask God to provide for that day. When my sons ask me, Mom, what's for dinner tomorrow? Especially that baby boy. Now he's 18 and the cake eating one. You know, he's notorious for asking me, Mom, what's for dinner tomorrow? And, you know, I give him that mama look. Y'all know what that look is. Fathers know it, too, because their mothers will look at them like that. If I'm being transparent here, y'all know I'm looking sideways at him, right? But my spiritual catches up with my carnal and my response sounds something like this. I have absolutely no control of tomorrow. God does. So let's just get finished with this meal today, please. God is our great provider. He provides for our physical needs, food, clothing, and shelter, and our spiritual needs that can also be met through prayer and the study of his word. We find that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, that he provides for our personal needs through an intimate relationship with him and other believers. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, further encourages that his provisions are available if we seek his help through prayer. It is his great desire to provide for our total well-being, spiritually, physically, and materially. Help is always on the way through prayer. His supply is unlimited. So, well, that about sums it up for our prayer assignment. Although tomorrow I just want to touch briefly on waiting while we're praying. What happens while we wait? And then we'll move on to what God has next on our adventure together. I hope the introduction of prayer by way of the petition, the purpose, the priority, the promises, and the provision have ministered to you as they have to me. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Eternal God, our sovereign Lord, how we thank you for your provision in every aspect of our lives. Let us always pray your will be done. You're a mighty good God who sees and knows all things, and we praise you for your love. We're grateful that you sent your only begotten son whose shed blood has redeemed us and covered all our sins. He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And he willingly went to the cross and gave his life over to a barbaric, violent death in exchange for our deliverance from Satan's grip. We thank him for dying in our stead so that we would have the right to eternal life. Thank you, God, that this is not our home. But because of Calvary, we have a building from you, a house not made with hands, an eternal home in the heavens. Thank you for your downpour of grace, your re-energizing and revitalizing mercy. It's in Jesus' name I pray, with forgiveness of sins and thanksgiving in my heart. Amen. And thank God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.